Views of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, how your car can last a lifetime or maybe just a half a million, uh, 500,000 miles. Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for the special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Bob Brooks, and you are listening to this special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. Tony Joe's with me as he is every Friday to take your Car Corner questions. The number to call is 1-877-913-5357. You can also send an email into the website at prudentmoney.com if you got a question for me. We'll be happy to answer that. That's off the website, www.prudentmoney.com. Tony, Joe, how's, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing, Bob? Well, if I would uh, stop stumbling over my words, I think I would do pretty good. Maybe it's just it's Friday. Yeah. Well, you know, Something end of the like week, that. end of a long week. So you talk about, when you talk about cars lasting for a long time, you're, you've, you've talked about how, how things have changed. I mean, cars are lasting two, three, four, five hundred thousand miles where they... Where, where that really wasn't the case in the past. We have a listener. Uh, Tom is going to join us here. Tom, are you there? Let's see. Uh, maybe uh, Chris is connecting Tom with us. Tell us about Tom. What? Well, Tom's, Tom has a uh, was, was uh, sent me an email and said, hey, listen, if you ever want to talk about a car lasting a long time. He goes, I've got a, a vehicle that's about to surpass ha- 500,000 miles, which is absolutely ma- mm. amazing. And I've always thought if we were, if we ever had the opportunity to interview somebody who was in a situation like that, definitely wanted to do that. Uh, I guess, I would assume, here, let me see if there's any messages. Yeah, that's interesting. 500,000 miles. That's uh, quite a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Chris says he lost him. Do you know what year the car is? I'm just curious. Uh, I think it was over... uh, 2005. Good. Good for him. That is incredible. Okay, so Tom is back. Tom, you there? Yes, I'm back. Yeah, back on. I don't know how long the signal will hold together. How are you doing today, Tom? I'm, I appreciate you coming on the program. Sure thing. Hi, Bob. Hi, Tony. Joe. Hey, Bob. I mean, Tom. <laughs> so tell me this: what uh, what type of a uh, car do you have that you put so many miles on? It's a 2005 Toyota Matrix. And Tom, uh, we've met. We know each other. Uh, now that I hear yes, your voice, I know who you are exactly. Is, are you yes, still you were a guardian angel for this car, Tony? Joe. I'm sorry. You were a guardian angel for this car. Yeah, the, I remember the Matrix. Now, I didn't realize this was you. Are you still... What do you attribute all these miles to? Are you doing Uber with it? Or how are you uh, acquired? Uber? Yes, Uber and Amazon Flex. I'm not familiar with that. What is that? Like an Uber? Well, yeah, what? That's where where people drive... Individuals drive their own personal vehicle uh, to do... 
on an end type uh, of, of deliveries, final mile deliveries after the big trucks leave the, the station. I see. And, Tom, can I ask you, is this, from what I remember, this is all pretty much city? City driving? Well, well, it is, but I, I really didn't ever hesitate to take it on the road, so I would probably, in addition to maybe 40,000 miles a year of city, then, then it, there was probably 10,000 miles a year in, in long road trips, too. So, yeah, it, it was very hard miles, uh, always starting and stopping, because I, I, I turn, the, turn the engine off when I, when I go deliver uh, to a house, and, and then I restart it. Uh, Certainly. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. Every one. Wow, that's that's an incredible feat. Five hundred thousand. What are you at now? Is it close to five hundred thousand? It's probably a couple thousand miles short of five hundred thousand, uh, according to my calculation. Because the, but the odometer actually uh, on that year model it, right. it has a three hundred thousand mile limit on it, and so I had to send it off uh, to uh, to get it re. Um, Step right. back to zero and zeroed out so I could keep track of the miles. Wow, that's and it was probably eight months before I did that. So I I put maybe thirty thousand miles on it before I sent it in. Mm-hmm. So what's your long term game plan with this car? Are you going to keep it and see how how many miles you can put on it, or what, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, with with the car industry, and you guys have talked about this, how cars are overvalued right now and, and kind of left over from the supply chain. From, uh, from COVID and stuff, uh, it, it's not really a good time to, to, to buy a, a replacement car, but it, it sure has been a good time to drive a car that didn't ever fail. It just kept going and going and going. Agreed. And tell me, over the long term, I remember working on this car at different times, but <clears throat> over the long term, can you try to remember? First of all, uh, let me ask you, is it the original engine? Yes. Okay. And the transmission? Original transmission, and I put a clutch in it a year ago, and this is the first clutch that I've ever had to put in any of my cars. So, in almost 500,000 miles, one clutch. The uh, interest- I think, I believe that the, the previous owner put one in, and I bought it at 210,000 miles on it. Okay, well, let's say two clutches. Now, Bob. Yes. And... Tom, listen, the interesting thing about that that makes me laugh or giggle is that, you know, if you drive the car appropriately and you have a stick ship, a standard transmission, and it has a clutch, look at how long he's gone and maybe two clutches. That's one clutch every 250,000 miles. Now, the reason it makes me giggle is because I've known young kids that, go to high school and they get their first car and their dad gets them a stick shift car and 20,000 miles later it needs a clutch yeah so there's a lot to knowing the proper way to drive a manual transmission as opposed to an automatic and that's something that I always emphasize with young people is you need to learn how to drive one because you never know when you're going to be forced into a situation maybe an emergency or something that you need to learn you need to know how to get in that car and take someone to the hospital or something, you know? So it's just 250,000 miles makes me laugh because I know kids that can't get 20,000 out of one. <laughs> so, Tom, tell me this. Is there any part of that vehicle 
that you have not replaced that surprises you that you've not replaced it? Well, you know, I, I would, probably in the last couple of years, we were kind of scratching our heads and deciding, well, should, should we really take it to California uh, <laughs> or to Colorado? And, or, and, and I said, you know, this is probably the original water pump on this thing. And how, how, because it's got a timing chain. And how many, how many miles would you get out of, out of a, out of something that is a single point failure? And if you, and if it goes, you know, you're, you're kind of dead in the water. But we just kept, we just kept going. And actually, I, I use it for pulling a very heavy trailer for, uh, for work, for, for some of my, uh, real estate work. An extremely heavy trailer. And, um, and it, and I wouldn't do that with an automatic, but I, I don't really hesitate with a, with a, um, with a manual and, and I know how to, uh, how to, how to, um, how to drive it right. Actually, now I'm, I'm pretty hard on the, on the, on the clutch because the engine's getting weaker and I've got to flip the clutch just to get it, um, just to get it like up, up a steep hill if I have a lot of people in the car or something. Sure. Uh, so I'm a little harder and I know it, but I, I may only have to get maybe another 100,000 miles out of the clutch before it, it may, really bite the dust. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, it brings up a point that I want to reiterate to people. You mentioned something interesting, and that is it's the original water pump because it has a timing chain, and you've never replaced it. Um, you know, Bob, we talk about this all the time. Sure. How long does a timing belt last? Well, it depends. You've got to change it every so many thousand miles according to its scheduled interval. However, a chain will go the life of the engine provided you get clean oil on it. So Tom is good about changing his oil and filter. And that's why the chain doesn't need to be replaced at 500,000 miles. It's just something I want to point out because we talk about that a lot, maintenance. Yeah, so, so Tom, how, how often do you change your oil? You know, I, I, I didn't know... Um, there, there, there were several schools of thought uh, on, on, on doing that, and I, I used to always change it religiously, 5,000 miles, and sometimes I would go two changes with, with an oil filter. So I'd go 10,000 on the filter, and then 5,000 every time the light came on to change it uh, on previous cars. But this one, I always put full synthetic in, and I don't know how many miles they, they say it's good for, but I, but I just figured... Because it's synthetic, um, I was going to go. I was going to double up and do ten thousand miles, and that's probably the way I did it for about until about fifty thousand miles ago. And and I and then I was I was seeing some material online, and they were getting oil ring uh, and ring problems on the piston because the, because it was uh, the oil was gumming up and, and it was causing deposits and, and the rings were freezing and the in the piston, and I then I thought, oh no, I, I really I really messed up. I should have been doing it every five thousand miles, and, and just like Tony Joe recommends, and that that's really the way the way to do it because it's it's so cheap uh, compared to major engine work that you really want to do it um, uh, it's three four thousand three four five thousand miles max just so that you're protecting the engine from getting dirty and, and creating problems of its own. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that, yeah, that's good advice, Tom, to give everybody. That's good. Um, let me ask you about something else. Now, the front end, just try to focus on the front end for a minute. I'm just thinking about high mileage. <clears throat> Have you ever had to replace ball joints and things like that yet? I had to do the control arms, and just recently I did the struts, um, and, 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 and with the control arms came the, the, the ball joints. Right. And so, so it did that. That was probably at maybe 350000 Okay, because city driving is hard on ball joints and, you know, so forth, but uh, it depends on the habit of the driver, as we talk about. It's how you drive the vehicle. If you hit every pothole in sight, you know, you're going to end up replacing ball joints and struts and things, but if you're a little bit more like us, uh, what I don't mean older, I just mean a little more, you know, mature about driving and and, and you don't necessarily go jackrabbit starts and stops and hitting potholes all the time. I mean, that's just proof that you can, you can spend less money and save yourself a bunch of money just by, your, just by the way you drive or your driving habits. And that's proof right there, yeah. Bob, that Tom yeah. is doing that. And sure, it's sure. 350000 Ball joints get changed on some pickup trucks that are used for work vehicles uh, that are always in construction sites and hitting bumps all the time and being loaded. I mean, I've had to replace ball joints on vehicles with 100,000. So, Tom, tell me this, because the, the battery is always the part of the car that, that I get a little bit anxious about once it's put some years on it, and I'll probably be more in, li more in line to go replace it maybe even before it's done. So how, how many batteries have you gone through on that car? I believe I only went through two. Uh, I can't remember what year I got it. Uh, probably around maybe 2015. And so eight years, you have a couple of batteries. And the battery that I have on in it now probably is about two and a half years old. And, and but one of the things, because it's a, a manual uh, transmission, there's been a lot of times that I've been out in the field working, and and I had to bump start it to, to for for one reason or another. It wasn't always the battery, but having the the luxury of a manual transmission gave me the the, uh, the ability to get a little bit more risky and and do stuff when uh, when if I just been in an automatic transition, I've gotten stranded lots of times. Right. That is pretty cool when that opportunity comes up, isn't it? Bob is sitting here yeah, with yeah. a with a blank look on his face. He doesn't know what bump starting a stick shift <laughs> car is. So you want to tell him or you want me to? You can tell him, but tell him that uh, usually it was because the starter was going. I put five, five, at least five starters on this, and yeah. they were all lifetime starters from AutoZone. So uh, that, that, and it, that's a, like a 20-minute job to change the starter on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy. Well, yeah, you tell mm, what bump start here's, is. Here, here's yeah. what Tom is referring to, Bob, and that is when you're out in the, in the world and you can't start the car for whatever reason, let's say the battery's not good or the starter's bad or 
ignition switch problems. There, there's a never-ending uh, list of things that could go wrong, but it won't start for whatever reason. Well, what you can do with a manual transmission is find a small incline or get a couple of guys to help you, but you put the ignition switch to the on position, and you will push the clutch in and put it in, like, second gear. And once you get rolling just enough, it doesn't take much because that Matrix is a four-cylinder engine, so it's not going to have a lot of compression when it comes time. But once you get rolling, Bob, and you would, don't have to go very fast, you can pop the clutch, it will engage the transmission, turn the engine over as if the starter was turning the engine over, and it starts up, and you're, you're ready to go. And then you can fix whatever you got to fix when you get home. But you can start <laughs> it that way. That's one of the advantages of a stick shift over uh, automatic. You'd be sitting there just dead in the water. You wouldn't be able to get it started. So, so Tom, answer this question for me. So you, you, uh, you do a, a, a tune-up every so often. How many tune-ups, complete tune-ups, have you had to do to that car? You know, with a modern car, the tune-up really isn't it, – it, it, I don't know that, that, that they even, I, I guess they, they still call it that, but uh, that's really just pretty much changing off the spark plugs. Uh, there's, no, there's no ignition parts to change kind uh, of points in ignition uh, coil, coil or condenser anymore to change on those. So I probably put only two sets of plugs in. And one of those was was that Tony Joe's recommendation when we were having some misfire problems. Um, but they, you know, they, those platinum plugs last a pretty long time these days. It's not like the old ones where where uh, you know if you got a hundred thousand miles out of your car, you were lucky, and so you do a tune-up every other year and maybe get ten thousand miles or a year. So. 20,000 miles out of your plugs. They're, they're not like that anymore. Right. You know, speaking of mileage, it just reminded me of a question. Have you ever kept track over the years of the fuel mileage? Like, are you getting, how much were you getting when you got it at 200,000 as opposed to how much you're getting now? Have you ever kept track of that? I sure have. I, I do it because that's a really good barometer of how, uh, how, how well it, right. how, how healthy it is. Yes. And it, it's always been like the 32, 33. Uh, sometimes on a trip, it would go as high as almost 35. But just recently, um, I had I, I, I got a 27 reading. At the same time, I noticed that it was really, really sluggish. And I have a I have a nagging mis, a light misfire that I that I after I changed the coils. And I, I haven't found it. I, I suspect there's a, a, an injector that's getting lazy or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and it, it, it's been weaker, and it uh, and then it, 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 the fuel mileage dropped down. And I did something that I don't know if, if mechanic shops do these on their, on their own, but this is something that that spoken of on the internet, and that's to do a piston ring soak. And, and I thought that I, ha I did have a problem with my rings that got stuck in the pistons with, with those, the oil sludge. And I put some of the Berryman C12 in the, in the combustion chambers and let it soak down into the, uh, into the rings and soften them up. And 
And uh, that did fix it. I, I got my power back, and I got my uh, fuel, fuel economy back up to 32, 33 again. Okay. Well, that's good. That's a, a good sign of uh, taking advantage of something that you learned on the Internet. That's good. So, so tell me this, Tom. What uh, what's the goal for the car? How how many miles do you ultimately want to put on it? What at what point do you go? I think I'm, I'm gonna. It, it's been a good ride. I think I'm gonna trade it in. You know, I've gotten kind of attached to this old gal, <laughs> and I and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have a tear in my eye when I get rid of her. <laughs> I think we, we call her Trixie affectionately. And she has never let us down. It, it, when she did break down, it was—it always seemed like the guardian angel was watching over us. I broke an axle one time in a gas station in Denver, and and I was right by a bunch of auto parts stores, and I was very close to the friend of mine that I was going to go visit, who had all the tools, and we just changed the part there. We had to wait for <laughs> a special part. That's awesome. The man, the manual transmission, but. Um, I, I think that uh, you know it kind of depends on this on on the on, on the industry the, the the used car industry the market because um, uh, I don't know how much I can get for a for for a five hundred thousand mile car uh, to trade to trade it out to, to sell it used even if it's running well and if I'm if, if I'm overpaying for, for for my next one I'm not sure. I'm going to be, uh, if it's going to be a, a good deal to do that. And since I drive now, I typically just drive it uh, locally. If I do have um, have a problem with it, I have the, uh, I have like a towing plan with my insurance. And so they can get it locally back to a, back to my garage or back to a mechanic to, um, to work on it. So I think as long as it doesn't start really burning a lot of oil or, start giving me uh, engine, more serious engine problems, I'm, I'm just going to keep letting her go. Well, See Tom, let me things. suggest one thing real quick, and then I'll let you go. Uh, you might call Toyota when the time comes to part with that. Just tell them what's going on with it and see if they have any interest in it, okay? And with that, I have thought about that, too, yes. I think that's a good idea. And, Tom, last few words. I, you, I don't think I'd get rid of Trixie. I think I would keep Trixie. <laughs> don't Trixie. Trixie, you got you it see, wrong. You see, see, I, I was going to ask the question: Have you named the car? Because I, I would have. And uh, see, I, I just think that you need to you need to keep keep her for for the long haul. That's can just he, my can advice. He, can he keep it in he your garage? Want it any other way. <laughs> well, Tom. Hey, listen. Thank you for the time and coming on the program. I I, uh, I love the idea. We always want to hear from uh, listeners that have. Uh, actually done what we talk about sometimes i know tom from past and i was very surprised that your email thing was yeah <laughs> and then when i heard his voice i knew immediately who it was well tom listen to you god bless you and uh have a good weekend thanks for coming on the program thank you and tony joe thanks for being such a good a big part of the history of this car hey thank you for uh allowing me to do that and i'm glad you called in and i look forward to talking with you Thanks God for coming on the program. God bless you. Bless you.
This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Special Car Corner edition of Prudent Money. There's so many things I want to say that was so interesting about that, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll save it for next week. Yeah, we can that? do it next week. This is Bob Brooks. you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money. The-